innkeeper. The kids this morning showed how that Mary and Joseph came, to Jeru- came from Jerusalem to Bethlehem and um, because of the census that was called for. And they came to Bethlehem and the Bible said that there wasn't any room for them in the inn. And in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, it said that Mary brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, that may be, that may possibly be the saddest verse in the entire uh, story of Christmas that there was no room in the inn for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason that there was no room in the inn, I guess, obviously was that it, there was no vacancy. The, 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 the inn was, um, was crowded. Other people were there and there was all, all the rooms were already full of other people. And so there just wasn't any room for Mary and Joseph and, and uh, wasn't any room for the Lord Jesus. It was already full with other people. So Jesus had to be born in a in a stable and was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. And you know, there are some people today that fit into this very category. Some people who miss Christmas because there's just no room in their life for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just because they have a heart that is crowded, a crowded heart, a heart that is filled up, a life that is filled up with other, other things, so filled with other things that they don't have room for the true meaning of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. So many people's lives this time of year, of course, all of us, I guess, you know, we're, we, 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 we think about the bright lights and our li- lives are filled with the decorations and with shopping and giving gifts and buying gifts and receiving gifts and all the activities that are going on at Christmas time, the parties and so many festivities and different things that are taking place and that are going on and people seem to have their hearts so filled and their lives so filled with those kinds of things that there's just not any room in their life for Jesus and they miss Christmas altogether in the true spirit and the true meaning of Christmas altogether because they're just so busy and their heart is so crowded and their life is so crowded with other things that Jesus is just pushed to the background and pushed aside. Well, we don't want to miss Christmas because our heart is so filled up with other things that we don't have room for Jesus. I think everybody should make room for Jesus Christ at this time of year. Not only just at this time of year, but you need to make room for Jesus in your life every single day of your life. We don't want to get so filled up with and so busy with other things that we forget about Christmas. But that's exactly what happened to the innkeeper. He missed out on Christmas because his inn was so filled and his life was so filled with other things. But not only the innkeeper, but they portrayed this morning that there was somebody else in this this little play this morning that missed out on Christmas and that was Herod. That was King Herod. He definitely missed out on Christmas, but Herod missed out on Christmas for a completely different reason. He missed out on Christmas not so much because he had a crowded heart, but Herod missed out on Christmas because he had a calloused heart. 
And you know, there's a lot of people that are in that category today. Herod was, as was portrayed this morning by Damien, you know, Herod was, 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 we know from the Bible, a very evil man. He was a vicious, wicked individual. And when Herod got the news and he heard from the wise men that someone was born who was to be the king of the Jews and that... You know, maybe his throne was going to be threatened by this. Immediately, Herod became filled with, with anger. His heart became filled with anger. And uh, he sought out to destroy every baby, every child from two years old and under because he, he, he had such a calloused heart against God and against Christmas and against the things of the Lord. And some people miss Christmas because of that very thing today, because their heart is calloused and hardened toward God. And they're just not interested in Jesus coming into their life. You know, it would maybe disturb their lifestyle or upset their lifestyle if they allowed Jesus to have His way in their heart and life. And you know, there's something today that all of us, every one of us, need to guard our hearts against our hearts becoming, becoming hardened and becoming calloused against the Lord and against the, against the things of the Lord. But it's sad today that so many people in this, at this time of year have calloused hearts or hardened hearts toward the things of God. You need to keep your heart softened toward Jesus. You need to keep your heart and your life open to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, every time you close the door to Jesus and say no to Jesus, that heart gets a little more calloused and a little harder and a little more calloused every time. And so we surely don't want to be like Herod. We don't want anybody to be like Herod and miss Christmas because of a hardened, calloused heart. But there was a third group of people that missed Christmas and it's surprising that these individuals would miss Christmas in the Christmas story, but that's the chief priests and the scribes. These were the actual church people of Jesus' day. These were the religious folks of Jesus' day. And you know the story that when the wise men came and inquired about where Jesus was going to be born and they had followed the star from the east and came to Jerusalem and they began to inquire about the, the, the birth of the king of the Jews and where he was to be born at. And Herod calls the, who's he called together? He calls together the chief priests and the scribes and he asks them because he knows that if there's anybody that would know where this king of the Jews was going to be born. It would be these chief priests. It would be the religious people of that day. It would be the ones that knew the scriptures, that knew the word of God. And that's exactly what, the, what these people, these scribes and these chief priests, I mean, they knew their Bible. They knew exactly where Jesus was going to be born. They knew precisely from the scripture that several hundred years before this time that Micah the prophet had prophesied. In the fifth chapter of Micah, he had prophesied exactly where the Messiah was going to be born. There was no guesswork about it because in Micah 5 and chapter 5 and verse 2, the Bible says that, that, that you, Bethlehem of Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. 
See, the Bible predicted several hundreds of years before the birth of the Messiah exactly where he was to be born. There was really no reason for anybody to miss the birth of Jesus because it was well documented in the Word of God. And these scribes and chief priests knew exactly where to go in the Bible to tell Herod where the Messiah, the King of the Jews, the Savior was to be born. And here's the interesting thing, that Bethlehem was only five miles from Jerusalem and they knew exactly that he was going to be born in Bethlehem and they get this word, this message from the wise men saying, where is he? We have saw his star in the east. We've come to worship him. Where is that one that is born the king of the Jews? And they knew exactly where it was to happen, where it was to take place, and it was only five miles away. But yet there's no record that any of the chief priests, of the scribes, of the religious people of that day, of the church people of that day, no record that any of them made that five-mile trip to Bethlehem to check out and to see if it was true. So here the religious people of that day actually missed out on Christmas, not because they had a crowded heart or because they had a calloused heart, but they just simply had a closed heart. Their heart was closed to the fact that they just really didn't care. They could care less about whether Jesus was born or not. And you know, there's so many people like that today. Their hearts are closed to the things of God. It's hard to talk to them about Jesus. It's, they're not interested in the Bible. They're not interested in spiritual things because their hearts have been closed to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just wonder how many, like these scribes and priests, like, like, like this religious crowd, how many people sat in church after, on, in, and in church services on Sunday after Sunday, and even at this time of the year, who sat in church services and totally missed the true meaning of the coming of the Lord. It's all in the Bible and the stories being told, but how many miss it simply because their hearts are closed off to receive receiving what the Lord has for their lives. Do you know God's got something special for you? He's got a plan for your life. He wants to do good things in your life, but he wants you to open up your heart and receive Jesus and receive what he has. He can't do anything for us as long as we allow our hearts to remain closed to him and to the word of God. But these are three individuals, three different groups of people that missed, totally, completely missed the advent, missed the coming of the Lord, missed out on Christmas completely and totally. But we're not going to stop there because that's not the end of the story. It's sad when we read about those who missed out on Christmas but you know what? If you'll continue to read in the scriptures, you'll find out that not only were there those that missed Christmas, but there were those who did not miss Christmas. See, that's the group I want to be in, and that's the group I want you, everybody here at Abundant Life Family Church, to be in. I want you to be in that category and in this group of people that does not miss out on what Christmas is, truly is, in your heart and your life. So the first group of people that we saw here in this, in this skid, in this play this morning, we saw um, the shepherds, but I want to talk to you first about the wise men that came. The wise men did not miss Christmas. 
Amen? Now these people, these wise men came a long way. They came from a far journey. They were, they were, um, they were experts. They were oriental astrologers, some say. They were experts in the heavenly bodies. They studied the stars. But they came all the way from the east, which would be modern-day Iraq in that area of, of the world. They came from there all the way to Jerusalem because they saw the star. God had put a star in the heavens that guided them all the way to where the king of the Jews were. And uh, these wise men represented the scholarly people of their day. These wise men were the, I guess you could say, the intellectuals of their day. And so, you know what that tells me, what that says to me? It may not mean much to you, but what it says to me that, that, that intellectuals who come, uh, who, who, who come to the birth of Jesus, that there are folks, you know, there are folks that, that uh, doesn't matter what, 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 uh, uh, what class you're in, whether you're rich or you're poor or you're, or you're, or you're brilliant or you're not so brilliant, Everybody needs to come to where Jesus is and find out about Jesus and live for Jesus and worship Jesus. Is that right? You know, there's folks today that would have you to believe that if you're a Christian and you claim Christianity that you're just not really that bright or you're not really that intelligent. That's kind of the way Christianity's being proclaimed today and portrayed today that, oh, well, it's only those that are just not quite all there. You know, they, they're, they're, they're a little low on the, on the totem pole of intelligence if they claim Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. They're just not all that smart. But can I tell you something this morning, amen, that you don't have to be a simpleton to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Word of God, amen. Because I'm going to tell you something today. Those who seek after the Lord and seek after Jesus are truly the true wise men and wise women in the world today are those who seek after Jesus. Would you agree with that? The true intellectual is that person who believes in God and believes in the Word of God, amen, and believes what the Bible says. See, I believe in the God of the Bible. How many are with me today? I believe what that book says, amen. And there are those today that would try to, to picture, put you in a, a, as a Bible-believing Christian. I've been called, you know, a Bible-thumper and I don't know, different things that we won't go into. But, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody says about us. I'm here to tell you that it's the wise people that still seek after the Lord and that still follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Bible, now I didn't say this. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, but the Bible says that it's the foolish people that have said there is no God. So if you believe the Bible and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you seek after him, I believe that makes you a wise person. Can I get an amen? See, I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe in the God of Genesis 1.1. I believe what the scripture says when it says in the beginning God. In the beginning God. See, you know what? Before you can be saved, you've got to get past that verse right there. You've got to believe that in the beginning God. 
that it wasn't an evolution. It wasn't a, a big bang, a big explosion. It wasn't anything like that. This universe and humanity and, and, and all that we see, this creation, didn't just spring into being. There was, there was a creator to all of this. Amen? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I believe that. I believe what the Bible says in Genesis 1.1. I mean, even my little peanut brain of an intellect believes what the Bible says, and I accept that. And if you believe that and accept that, I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer today and don't claim to be, but I do claim to believe the word of Almighty God, and I believe in Jesus if you believe in him and believe in his word, that makes you a wise person today. It doesn't matter what anybody else has to say about you. Can I get an amen? When the wise men came to Bethlehem, it says that the Bible says that when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and they fell down and they worshiped him. Scholarly, intellectual, high society people came to the birth of Jesus Christ and worshipped Him. Amen. They worshipped Him. And that was the wisest thing they ever did. And that's the wisest thing that you will ever do in your life is to fall at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and accept Him as your Lord and Savior and worship Him. So the wise men... They came a long way to make sure they didn't miss Christmas. But then the other group that didn't miss Christmas we saw here this morning as well were the shepherds. Weren't those some good-looking shepherds? <laughs> Amen. But it was the shepherds. They came also to the birth of Jesus. Now the shepherds, you know the shepherds, they were, they were a totally different class than the magi. The shepherds were the simple people. The shepherds were the common people. The shepherds were the everyday, ordinary people. And they didn't miss Christmas. They weren't the ones that were in the upper class or the upper crust. Somebody said one time, oh, you know, I'd like to be a part of the upper crust. And then I heard somebody describe what the upper crust was. The upper crust is just a few crumbs held together by their own dough. But see, the thing is, it doesn't matter whether you're in the upper crust or an intellectual or whether you're wealthy, whether you're rich or whether you're poor and just common, ordinary man driving a common, ordinary van or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter uh, where you are in society. Jesus came for everybody. He came for us all. Amen. And we all have to come through the same gate and through the same way to get into heaven. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. They were just ordinary, common, hardworking people is what these shepherds were. But you know the shepherds also of that day, they were looked down. They were looked down on by many people who were uh, uh, in society of that day. They were looked kindly as the, as the, the lowest in that culture. But it was these simple, 
ordinary shepherds whom the angels appeared to and told them about the birth of Jesus and who came to worship him. And you know, there's something, there's something very interesting about the life of Jesus. When you study the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, you find out that when, that he always, always associated with the common people of the day. Did you realize that? He he associated himself with simple, ordinary, common people. You know, Jesus was not born into the home, into the house, or, or the home of a king and queen. But Jesus was born into the home of a couple who were just peasants. There was a, Joseph was a carpenter. They weren't wealthy people. I know there are those today that say that they were, but... The fact is they were not. When they came to to offer Jesus, to present Jesus at the temple, and they came to offer their sacrifice, they offered the, the poorest offering that was allowed under the law, pigeons and turtle doves. And that's what that proved that they were among the poor class. But that's who Jesus was born to. He, 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 he lived his life and ministered all of his life to those who were just ordinary people. You know, when Jesus went to pick his disciples and to choose those who were to be his followers, to be his disciples, who would eventually be the apostles, on whom, who would write the Bible, who would, who would pin the Holy Scriptures, the New Testament, when he chose those disciples, do you know what he chose? Who, and who? he chose? He chose just ordinary people like me and you. He chose some fishermen. He even chose a tax collector. Come on, somebody. Say amen to that right here, tax time. He even chose a tax collector. He chose those who were, who, were, who, were, who were the lowest in life. He chose ordinary, average working people. And the Bible says that Jesus ministered to the common people. Probably the greatest thing that is said, a compliment that is said about Jesus or given to the Lord Jesus Christ was found in Mark 12 and 37 where it said that the common people heard Jesus gladly. The common people. Folks just like you and folks just like me. Amen? And so the angels, when they came to announce the birth of the Son of God, the greatest event to take place in the history of mankind, when God became flesh to dwell among us and those angels from heaven came, and they appeared to the shepherds. They appeared to the common people. And Luke records it this way in Luke 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. These angels announced that the Savior was born... And the the announcement was made to ordinary, plain, everyday people. And you know that God must love ordinary, plain, common, everyday people because He just made so many of us, didn't He? 
Amen. Hallelujah. He came for us. He came for everyone. He came for all to, that everyone could be saved. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm not, in the, I'm not in the caviar crowd, okay? I don't think I've ever tasted caviar. I'm more of a, here's, you know, I guess I'm more of a ham and beans and cornbread and fried potatoes and onions and kind of guy, all right? Amen? How many is with me on that? Praise God. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm in that class. But Jesus loves everybody and he died for everybody. It doesn't matter whether a person's an aristocrat or an alley rat. Jesus died for them all. Hallelujah. The Bible said that he came into this world for to save to the uttermost. But he saves from the uttermost even down to the guttermost. Hallelujah. He'll pick people up out out of the, the depths of sin and change their lives and make them sons and daughters of God. Thank God that Jesus came. The Son of God came to become a man so that he could make you and I sons and daughters of Almighty God. And it doesn't matter how ordinary we may be today, how rich or how poor, if we're in Christ Jesus, I'm telling you, you have wealth and riches that no Nobody knows anything about only those who have made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of their life. Can you give him praise today? Hallelujah. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But there was a third. Finally, there was a, a third person that did not miss Christmas. And let me read it to you from Luke chapter 2 beginning with verse 25. His name was Simeon. And it says in Luke 2.25, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the, Christ, the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. I love that. For my eyes, I can depart in peace now. I can go, I'm ready to die now. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, glory to your people, of your people Israel. Simeon, in this text, represents the spiritual people. The, um, the wise men were the intellectual people. The shepherds were the common, ordinary people. But here Simeon represents spiritual people. Let me tell you something this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Spiritual people do not miss Christmas. Spiritual people do not miss out on Christmas. 
spiritual people. And I hope I'm talking to spiritual people here this morning. Amen. Spiritual people may have all of the bright lights and enjoy all of the bright lights as we do here in our, our um, sanctuary and the decorations that we have. We can still enjoy the fine meals and the gifts and the celebration and all that goes along with the festivities of Christmas. We can have all of that. But you know, here's the thing about spiritual people. This is the way that we need to be because there's coming in just a few days, the trees are coming down and all the decorations are going to be put away for another year. And... Um, all of the lights will be folded up and put away and the gifts will have been given and all the wrapping paper will have been torn off and will be wadded up and put in trash bags. And all of the, the partying and all of the celebrating and all of the things that, that, that we have done uh, will all be in the, in, 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 it'll be history in just a few more days. But if you're a spiritual person like Simeon, you know what? The thing about spiritual people is that they can have all of those festivities, but they always know what Christmas is all about. 24 hours of every day and seven days of every week and 52 weeks of every year, they always know what Christmas is all about. That it's not about trees and it's not about lights and it's not about Santa and it's not about elves on shelves. Come on, somebody, will, will you preach with me? It's not about all those things. All oh, those things are fun and those things are cool and those things are traditional. But the true spiritual person knows that after all of that is gone that even in the summertime when we're six months removed from the, from the celebration and the season of Christmas that you will still know the true meaning of Christmas because you will know the true Christ that you will know the Lord Jesus as your own Lord and Savior Amen Hallelujah Spiritual people never ever miss Christmas See, Simeon was a man that represented the godly remnant of his day. And this godly remnant was looking for and awaiting the coming of Jesus. That's what they were waiting for. The first coming, the first advent of Jesus. Simeon was waiting for that first coming because he was a spiritual man. And he was looking every single day because he had been promised by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't see death until he had seen with his own eyes the Lord's Christ. And he believed that word and he was looking every day for the first advent, the coming of that Messiah, the coming of the Lord. And he represented that spiritual group, that godly remnant who were looking for the coming of the Lord. And as we've already seen, not everybody saw that first coming. There were some people that missed that first coming. But can I tell you what, today there's a, spiritual, there's a spiritual remnant of people today that we know that He's already come, Jesus has. We know He's bled and died on Calvary. We know He's given His life so that we can have life more abundantly. But there's a spiritual remnant today that, that just as Simeon was looking for the first coming, we are looking for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ because we have Him. His promise. Yes. 
I said, we have his promise. Just as Simeon had the promise of the first coming, we have, we have experienced that. But we have his promise of his soon coming, his return, praise God. I want you to know that I still believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again in the clouds of glory as he has promised that he would. I have to tell you that we're living in the time and we're living in the day and we're living in the hour when that coming is very, very imminent. Very near to the coming of the Lord Jesus. I'm sure that Simeon looked at every baby. He had that promise that he would see the Lord's salvation. And I'm just pretty sure that every day that Simeon went into that temple, that every time, every time some parents came in with a baby to dedicate and present to the Lord, every time they came in, Simeon would look at that baby and he would ask the Lord, is that him? Is this him? Could this be him? And this went on for quite some time. But then one day, Mary and Joseph... The day finally came that he was anticipating and that he was looking for and that he was waiting for for so many years. One day Mary and Joseph came walking into the temple carrying the baby Jesus to bring him, to present him there to the Lord, offer their sacrifice. And just like always, Simeon said, Lord, could this be him? Is this him? And I believe the Spirit of the Lord witnessed to Simeon and said to him, that's the one. That's the one you've been waiting for. That's him. And Simeon rushes over to Mary and Joseph and he takes the baby Jesus in his arms and he's holding in his arms and looking into the face of the very Savior of the world. He's looking in his face and taking in his arms his own personal Savior, the baby Jesus, the Christ child. And he said, Lord, my eyes have seen your salvation. Let me depart now in peace. I'm ready to go. I can die now because I've experienced your salvation. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, Simeon didn't miss Christmas and every spiritual person today will not miss Christmas because you're waiting on the Lord and looking to him as your Savior, as your Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. When Simeon held the Christ child, he was ready then to die. When he had received the Christ child. He said, now I'm ready to go. Amen? Let me tell you something in closing. If you want to see salvation, if you want to be saved, and if you want to make heaven your home, then you have to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Because listen to me, saints. I know that there are, there are, there's being taught today a lot of ways to heaven and all roads lead to the same place. And no matter what you believe, if you really believe it sincerely, that the Lord will overlook it and He will take you on to heaven. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And I know that's one, that's one reason that Christians are looked at, you know, uh, in that way of being bigoted and, and narrow-minded. Because we believe and we teach, because the Bible teaches, 
that there is only one way. There is only one way to go to heaven. Amen. There's not a lot of roads to heaven. Jesus said there's, there's only two paths. There's the straight and narrow, and there's the broad that leads to destruction. And you and I, everyone in this room, we're on one of those paths or the other. You're either on the straight path and the narrow path. Somebody said, boy, you're awful narrow-minded. Well, it's a narrow way. Yes. Amen. It's a narrow way. And so you're on one of those two paths. And the Bible says that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Salvation only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our salvation. So if you want to see the Lord's salvation and experience the Lord's salvation. If you want to be saved from all your sins, not just, you know, Jesus doesn't just forgive us and then leave us in our sin, but the angel said to Joseph, when this child is born, you'll call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. I'm so glad today to know that Jesus didn't just cover up my sin or just forgive it and leave me in it, but he took it away. He washed it away. He cleansed it it away and he freed me from its power. That's what the cross of Christ is all about. Amen. I'm not bound anymore by sin. Amen. I used to be. I was bound by all kinds of sinful practices but when Jesus came into my heart and into my life he cleansed me and set me free from the powers of darkness. Made me a child of almighty God. That's what Christmas is all about. I'm glad I didn't miss it, and I don't want any of you to miss the true meaning of it today. Amen? Hallelujah. So the only way is to accept Him. And Simeon said, I'm ready now to die because I've seen your salvation. And listen to me. You're not ready to die. And everybody's going to die. All of us are. And we don't know when. But you're not ready to die until you've saw till you've seen the salvation that's been offered to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. And that's my prayer for everyone here, that no one will see death until they first seen Jesus and accepted Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Whatever you do, don't miss the true meaning of Christmas. Be that spiritual person. Amen? You may be, you, listen, you may be a common person, an ordinary person, a poor person, or a rich person. You may be a simpleton, or you may be an intellectual. It doesn't matter what, what, what realm on the, or what step on the social ladder that any of us are in. doesn't matter. What matters is, are we a spiritual person? That's the most important that we make spiritual matters and Jesus the priority of our life. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you today. We thank you so much for what this season of the year means to us. I know the world... The liberal agenda, Lord, has tried to 
destroy the true meaning of Christmas. They've tried to stomp it out. Just make it just a regular old holiday. But it's more, Lord, than a regular old holiday. It is the celebration of the coming of God into human flesh to be our Redeemer. God, help us, everyone in this service today, to be in that spiritual, to be that spiritual man, that spiritual woman, to be in that place, Lord, today of making sure that our priority is that our hearts and lives are right with God, that we have accepted Christ, that we've been made sons and daughters of God through the sacrifice of Jesus at Calvary. Touch our hearts today, Father, we pray. Draw us all to you. And may we all, everyone in this sanctuary, may we all see the true meaning of Christmas and none of us, none of us miss it. In Jesus' name. While your heads are bowed this morning and your eyes